While reading this true history, I couldn't tell if I was confused, annoyed, entertained, or disappointed. Welcome, me immortalites, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Karen, and I do these reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality to learn some knowledge to get the good stuff that there is out of the world of literature. And today, I have a very intriguing one for you. It is The True History of the Kelly Gang by Peter Carey. This book was published in 2000, and it is a fictional retelling of the very ultra-famous Australian Bushman's life from the beginning until the end. The focus is indeed of Ned Kelly, his adventures, his exploits, his run-ins with the law in the Australian Bush, the Outback, and those of the core members of his gang. But Peter Carey adds some additional flavor, some spices, I guess, to his story. It's a first-person narrative using the medium of parcels. So it is told from the point of view of Ned Kelly as a young man growing older and until the days just before his death. But it's done addressed to his daughter, who is now overseas. And so these are fictional retellings, and each of these parcels is essentially a chapter of the book. And it'll start off with a small description of this fictional parcel, and then a slight summary of the chapter before then going into the actual chapter. Now, if you've never heard of him before, Ned Kelly is quite famous in Australian culture in general. So it does tell of his life being in the outback in Victoria, his relatively impoverished childhood, the early violence mishaps that he had with the police and just with other members of his own family, his apprenticeship as an outlaw, as a bushman under Harry Power, the continual police corruption and other unfortunate events that happened in his life, leading to his rebellion against authority, his amalgamation of a small gang, the Kelly gang, including his brother and some trusted friends, before the ultimate siege, capture, and then death. I'm gonna stress in the synopsis here that this is a mixture of fact and fiction. So the true story of the Kelly gang is definitely just a title and do not be fooled by it. The author Peter Carey seems to somewhat specialize in this type of style of a historical event, but then him adding fictional elements to it to make a more compelling story. He's pretty prolific as an author and has written many stories, short stories, and even screenplays. This book itself was turned into a movie and has won quite a few awards from that. So he's definitely recognized in the field of Australian authors. Now, this book itself is fairly thick, 475 pages. So if you're going to have a go at it, be prepared for a bit of a slog. Onto the themes and what really jumped out at me was the concept of a rebel, an armed resistor to an authority. Ned Kelly is definitely recognized as a rebel. He certainly had a lot of trouble with the law. Now, he was born in 1854 and lived until 1880 in the Australian outback. So this was a pretty rough time in general, but it really got me thinking about what made him want to be a rebel or perhaps drove him to being a rebel. You can see from his history that he definitely had a rough childhood. His relationship between his mum and dad was not ideal and his dad was in and out of jail for the very early years of his life. They had very little social economic opportunities, so that ability to rise above his station in life certainly wasn't there. They were mistreated socially. They were the lowest of the low on the ranks. And then, of course, he had the police brutality, the scuffles with the law. And so all of this would push him further and further into creating his own opportunities for life. Or maybe it was something completely different and more innate in him. Perhaps it was just his general temperament, his general character as a person to rebel, to fight against just something in general. It could be pure chance, pure something happened one day, something broke in him and he said, no, nah, I've had enough of this. Whatever it was, this rebellion that he was creating was certainly something that other people could agree with. 
as a gang, they would not have been able to last long without help from other people in the Australian outback. They had many sympathizers. And so whatever it was he was rebelling against, or maybe it was his personality as a person, they certainly had a lot of help. So it wasn't just a lone rebel. There was a big connected group, a network. It was the Kelly gang after all. It wasn't just Ned Kelly. But he was certainly the central focus. And this leads us to the more human element of a rebel, that arm resistor, that person who was fighting back. And he certainly had some personality traits that you would say make him ideal suited for this, but also maybe they made it worse for him or made it harder. So he did seem to be very quick to anger and to extreme violence, but he was certainly loyal and would not sell out people even though he had the opportunity to do so many times. You can see him being extremely ruthless to his enemies and almost having this not give a shit, I'm gonna murder you all sort of capacity in him. But he would also treat people kindly and had these Robin Hood-like qualities in him that other people would agree with. So both a hard man, but also a fair man. And I think that is what makes a difference, that human element, because you can easily see that maybe someone who you would call a rebel could in another context just be a complete arsehole. So it's almost this story that's built around the person as well. And obviously with the hero worship, his immortalization essentially after his death, that final siege and his ultimate hanging, that is what secured him the ultimate spot of the Australian rebel, I suppose. The second point is not so much a theme, but more an exploration of an artistic choice, a stylistic choice used by the author. And so this is history, a study of the past Truth. As I stressed at the beginning, this was a mixture of fact and fiction. So what was actually added to this story? Well, it was written from Ned Kelly's point of view. Obviously, the author didn't have the capacity to look inside of his head and nor was he alive during the same time. So it doesn't even have that first person account of saying, oh, yeah, this is what Ned Kelly said. Complete characters were entirely created. So his wife and his daughter, these were people who were never actually alive. There were many relations created through different characters. His mom, for example, had many suitors and this was almost a central theme of the book, a plot line that pushed it forward. However, there was no real evidence to say that she had relations with Harry Power or any of the other gentlemen that were included in this. And then the biggest fabrication would probably be the Sons of Sieves. So this was a almost additional plot line related to cross-dressing Irish history and this weaving of a different, totally different element from the Australian outback story into this book. Now, I personally can't peer into the author's head and I imagine he has very good explanations of why all of these things were added. If I had to guess, it would probably be for the suspense, the intrigue, and then also that element of adding something new into a very old story. Now, it's nice there were many things added to the history, but this begs the question, what was lost from it? And so for me, I can only suspend my belief so far and hence my contradictory emotions that I mentioned at the start. There were so many times where I was reading the book, getting into it, and then I noticed like, oh, that seems to be a little bit of a jarring thing that takes me out of what I was expecting from the Ned Kelly history, especially a true history. And so I said the definition of history, a study of the past and of the past truth. And for me, it got to the point where it seemed like an unnecessary distortion of this truth of these things. Now, truth is a very tricky word and you can go down a deep rabbit hole, which I will not hear. But I totally understand that you can be saying, oh, he was trying to create the truth of the emotions of the time, the truth of the people and what they were feeling, the truth of the feeling in the air of what it was like to live in this era, the truth of 
what it was like to be Ned Kelly. Totally on, on board with all of that. And so many of these added fictional elements didn't make the history more true for me in whatever sense of the word you want to use. I was just baffled and felt, mm, I'm not really sure what the point of this is and how this is making this better. For example, why wouldn't he just change the main character, Ned, to Edwina Kelly, for example? Why wouldn't he make his best friend black or Aboriginal? Or why wouldn't he add, you know, so many different things, politics you could put in there, you could put any of the current trends that are coming on nowadays, you could have done anything. And I just would have said that has the about the same amount of value as adding, say, the Irish story or the cross-dressing or these additional elements of his mom and things like that. And so we're well and truly into the subjective opinion now. So my observations and personal takeaways, there was just so many elements in this book that really jarred me out of it. So I did mention the Irish cross-dressing and there was a scene in particular where they flash back to Ireland and then I just completely was like, what the hell am I reading about now? Like this is Irish cross-dressing and this is not about Ned Kelly. There were so many other just tiny elements as well. For example, the author would use adjectival for when he was wanting to use swear words instead of using bastards or fucking or whatever it was. So all of these times, every time I read one of them, I would just go, oh, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm reading a like a distorted version of what was the Ned Kelly story. And the main takeaway from me was I should have been a little bit more careful with my choice of the book. So I probably should have given this a once over or read a review of some sort of thing related to it because I really did come in thinking like, oh, it's the true history of the Kelly gang. So I totally understand that history and these studies of these things do require some additional elements to make the story better and whatnot. But huge distortions like were added in this one just took it a bit too far for me. And that's okay if I'd known about it beforehand, but coming into it, I had a completely different preconception. So that's obviously on me. What are ways I could have known about this? Well, perhaps the fact that it was a film and films usually are not super detailed and not super orientated to what was exactly happening. So that might have been a smart giveaway. And in future, I will probably try and be a bit more careful with my choices of books or at the very least, give it a one over so I know what type of book it's going to be. So in summary, this true history of the Kelly gang had a pretty loose use of the term true. I definitely felt it was a mixed bag in total. There were times where I was getting into the story where Ned's words were compelling, the way he was acting. I thought, mm, yeah, this is what Ned Kelly would sort of be like. And then I would come to a random added element to the adjectival and all of these other things that would break me out of the trance. And that's not particularly what I was enjoying and hoping for from this book. All in all, the story of Ned Kelly and his gang is a fascinating history. Unfortunately, just not this version for me. So in total, I'm giving True History of the Kelly Gang by Peter Carey, a four and a half out of 10. There was parts I enjoyed, but for the most part, I just had to go, nah, this wasn't it for me. So being a very Aussie book, I've got some Aussie slang for you here. Number one is Warrigal. So this can be a wild dingo or horse. This is mentioned quite a few times in the book. Traps, he says this an awful lot as well. And this is essentially means the popo, the police. That's what the term they used back in those days. Donor, Donna, I'm not exactly sure of this one. This was one I even had to look up myself, spelled D-O-N-A-H and essentially means wife and or girlfriend. And damper is the final very Aussie word. And this is a type of bush tucker and tucker in this case is also Australian word, which means food. And damper is a very basic form of bread. You essentially use flour and water and maybe some sort of chemical agent to make it rise. Nuts, seeds, all of those things can be added to it, but it is very Australian way of making bread in a very strange, more circular type of pattern. 
So, mere modelites, we've come to the end of another book review, and I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.